It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, our kids are growing up. They're, 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 they're growing up. And it, just, it, just, it, it just makes you so proud. So proud. It's another magic winning weekend. We'll chat on Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is January 31st, 2022. My name is Philip Ross and I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic pick up a big, big, big win over the Dallas Mavericks. We'll break down what happened and why it's a sign that the team is truly bringing everything together. This weekend was a sign of how the Magic are truly bringing everything together uh, as they have a winning homestand. Yes, a winning homestand. They've won three of their last five, everybody. This team is uh, this team's doing things. Um, not my, not many things, but things. We'll get into all that, what this means coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, we want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Whether we're your first listen of the day, whether you're listening to us right when we upload, whether you're listening to us at lunch, on your break, at your workout, on your way home, whenever. We truly appreciate you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms as well as streaming on YouTube. What struck me about the uh, Magic's 110 to 108 win over the Dallas Mavericks, um, it, it it was not the finish. We'll talk about the finish. We'll get to that. Um, but it was how this team had so many places and opportunities where it could have folded. Uh, so many times, so many areas where it felt like this team has, in the past, just given the game away, just kind of let the rope go just long enough that the fourth quarters aren't interesting, that they don't give themselves a chance to win. You know, I've been, I've been a big proponent of obviously, uh, you know, you've heard me say this during plenty of these seasons. Um, when you have the chance to win this, you, you need to expect your team to win. Um, they may not have that opportunity often. They may get, they, they may not have the talent to play at, at, at the highest levels or, or at the ability that they need to play at to, uh, to, to stay in games all the time. But when that opportunity comes around, they you need to expect them to win because winning still has to matter. Um, and, and for the most part this season, as I think I've said on the show, um, you know, the Magic have been pretty good for 40 to 42 minutes. And in those six to eight, sometimes it's less, sometimes it's more, in those minutes where they're not playing well and they're really struggling, teams just zoom past them. They're, they're, when they're not playing well, they're so bad that the game's over. And, and yes, Orlando's oftentimes able to kind of get themselves back in it um, and, and maybe close a 20-point deficit down to 10, but 
never in, in a really threatening way. Um, the thought I had, you know, while I was watching Sunday's game against the Mavericks, a game that was very much a seesaw battle, a game where, you know, Orlando trailed early because of their turnovers. They came, they came back with 41 points second quarter. They took a 10 point lead themselves. They gave that away. That the thing I, I, I thought to myself, the thought that I had to myself was, okay, you know, the way this team is playing right now, the mistakes they're making are, are no longer bad team mistakes. A bad team mistake is shutting down for five minutes and being completely out of the game within those five minutes, um, not being able to get themselves back. Instead, what I was thinking while I was watching this game was the Magic are making young team mistakes, turnovers, playing too fast, trying to do a little too much, just not having an understanding and, and composure through the whole 48 minutes uh, to, to, to win comfortably, to win, you know, kind of running away, to kind of keep the same intensity throughout the, you know, sometimes with young, young teams, I think you need to stop them, sit them down, calm them down, kind of get them back in the right headspace to go out and play. And again, young team mistakes and bad team mistakes often are very, very, you know, kind of the same, especially because most young teams are very bad. Um, but you got to give Jamal Mosley credit. You got to give the magic credit. They're starting to figure out how to find that poise and how to get themselves back. And so that's where I really make this, that's where I'm trying to make this distinction. The Magic were down early, down 10 early because of turnovers. They turned the ball over a ton. I think it was, what, six times in the in the first quarter? Getting the game away. That's what this Magic team has done. The turnovers have been a creeping problem all season. But they got themselves back under control. They got themselves composed. They came back in the game. 41-25, second quarter, gave Orlando the lead at half. Dallas makes a run. Luka Doncic is unstoppable. The Magic don't have, really have an answer for him. He drags the Mavericks back into the game. Orlando's trying to scramble to slow down Doncic. He's picking them apart. And now we've got a close game. And, and, and we've seen this before in third quarters where the Magic give away a lead and, and, and the opponent just zooms past him, just runs right by them. It's happened before. Might happen again. Um, a week ago, two weeks ago, that's exactly what would happened in this game. But the Magic are learning. The Magic are starting to bring things together. The Magic are starting to figure it all out. And so they held Dallas off. Dallas, you know, took, it, was, it ended up being a five-point lead in the fourth quarter. But they held Dallas off for most of the game. And then when Dallas finally got ahead, Orlando got a timeout. They got a three-pointer and a basket or they got two baskets to get right back in the game. They got stops. They, they, they played strong defense throughout the fourth quarter. It was a 20 to 19 fourth quarter in Dallas's favor, but that was enough for the Magic. And in a tie game with a minute to play, in a tie game really with three minutes to play, it became a stop fest. Orlando dug in deep defensively, forced tough shots, got rebounds, and gave themselves the opportunity to win the game. Then it's just all about shot making. You can live or live or die. You can live or die on shot making. You know, if, if you lose on, because you missed a shot, so be it. That's not what you, you're upset about after losing a game. But the Magic made the shots. Franz Wagner broke the tie with a minute to go with a tough running layup. The kid is just, he's really good, guys. Uh, and Orlando took the lead. And from there, it was just all about getting stops, which they did time and time and time again over the course of the last minute. Even after Orlando missed to take a three-point lead, Jalen Suggs was able to knock the ball away get the ball back for Orlando with the shot clock off, just saving a possession, killing some more clock. 
And while Wendell Carter was only able to make one of those two free throws to make it a two-point game, the Magic played a great defensive possession on the final possession, scrambling to get the ball out of Luka Doncic's hands after his drive, getting it out of Reggie Bullock's hands. And to Maxi Kleber, who was open, Magic did a hard closeout. He was able to sidestep it, but that was enough to knock him off rhythm. He missed a shot off the back iron. Bullock was able to rebound, but his putback, uh, his running putback from the free throw line uh, was no good. Might have been after the buzzer anyway. And the Magic escaped with a 110 to 108 victory. Again, this is not about those final moments. Those final moments are a product of the previous 48 minutes or the previous 47 minutes or whatever it was. A product of a team that's starting to figure out how to win more consistently, how to play to its identity, to to win basketball games. With young teams, you just want to see them improve. You want to see them get better and better and better as the season goes on, um, minus any sh- shenanigans that happen. Um, this team, the frustrating part about this team, the frustrating part about this season so far has almost certainly been the lack of tangible progress. I've gotten into arguments with people because I see the progress. I've been like, hey, these guys are playing well. They're doing the right things here. There's just a gap. So there's just a gap there where they just don't have the talent to play. The injuries have really hurt them. And you know, right now the Magic are as healthy as they've ever been. They're down five guys still, the four normal guys plus RJ Hampton, that they're as healthy as they've ever been, and they're playing like it. And so we're finally starting to see some of those tangible points of growth, those tangible moments of saying like, hey, this team might have something. It's not just me saying that, you know, being around this team, watching this team enough, I can say this doesn't feel like the early parts of the last rebuild, of the Jacques Vaughn rebuild. It does not feel like that. I want to make that 100% clear. This does not feel like that. And it's because of moments like this where everything really comes together and it's been something that's been building and building and building for a while. We'll talk about how the Magic are bringing those moments together and starting to turn a corner, it feels like, coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Built Bar. It's the new year and that means New Year's resolutions. Um, Are you keeping up with yours? Uh, I, I am admittedly slipping a little bit trying to get back on the horse. So if your New Year's resolution, like mine, is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or just taste god-awful. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. You're probably thinking by week three, where is the chocolate? You want that savory flavor. That's where Built Bars come in. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. It's the easy way to get protein after a workout to charge you through the end of your day. So instead of reaching for that candy bar, grab a Built Bar instead. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can still eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way you can enjoy a delicious built bar. You can almost count it as a workout, certainly a better eating decision. And there's so many great flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out built.com often to see what's new. 
Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your, again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, whether you're your first listen of the day, whether you're listening to us right when we upload at lunch, on break, on your way home from work. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. We are coming up on the NBA trade deadline. It is a week from Thursday. We'll have plenty of trade deadline com- commentary and talk as it comes up, plus hopefully some, some, some fun plans for the NBA trade deadline. But the NBA trade deadline is Thursday, February 10th at 3 p.m. Eastern time. The Locked On Podcast Network, the Locked On NBA Podcast, will be covering it live from 2 to 4 p.m. So join Kim Becker, John Corrales, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to get analysis of every blockbuster move. It should be a busy trade deadline. Subscribe to the Locked On NBA YouTube channel and turn your notifications on so you know when they go live. You won't want to miss our great, great Locked On NBA content. Let's go through the final box scores. The Orlando Magic defeat the Dallas Mavericks 110 to 108. A, a great win for the Orlando Magic. Um, Dallas is playing extraordinarily well. I know they didn't have Kristaps Porzingis, who's a big factor in the game in Dallas, but um, Dallas is playing really, really well. They're 13 and I think they're 13 and three over the previous 16 games. Um, they have been really, really good. So this is this is a nice win. And I'm certainly, you know, watching some of the Dallas folks, some of my Dallas friends. Um, there's a lot of soul searching going on among the Dallas faithful. Um, just, just how did this game, game happen or just dismissing it because it was on the second night of it back to back in whatever case, Orlando really earned a solid win, something that, that they should be very, very proud of Franz Wagner uh, starting uh, was the leader of the starter of the starters with 18 points, nine for 15 shooting two rebounds, three assists for him. Um, you know, Wagner, Va- you know, Wagner's like becoming the barometer of the offense. Like he's got to get his points. He's not like Aaron Gordon where, you know, I used to call Aaron Gordon the barometer of the offense. And it was mostly because when the offense works, the ball finds Aaron Gordon. Um, the problem with Aaron Gordon was that that when the offense wasn't finding him, he tried too hard to seek it out. Franz Wagner has been pretty good about staying within himself and still getting his scoring opportunities and taking advantage of them. But when the ball finds him, that's when it's really working because you know, he does a good job running the floor. There's a good play in the second quarter where uh, Cole Anthony kicked it ahead uh, off a mate, off of a make or off of a late transition opportunity. Um, and Wagner was able to get ahead of the defense, step, get a nice Euro step for a dunk. Um, he just, he just makes a lot of those really good plays where he just kind of slithers his way through the lane. He's just so good at, at finding and squeezing through space uh, and keeping his pivot foot alive, keeping his dribble alive to get to it and just make the right decision with the ball. I mean, he's, he's, yeah, his finishing still needs to improve, but that's, that's just a rookie thing. He's, he's just so good. Uh, and he makes this, he makes life easier for everyone. He just is always available 
uh, to be where the team needs him to be. Uh, also in the starters, Cole Anthony with a nice game, 16 points, six for 16 shooting. He did miss all six of his three pointers, but adds six assists as well. Um, I, again, I, I've been big on this with when Cole, with Cole Anthony struggling to shoot a little bit, his assist numbers have been the part that have really impressed me. Um, I am honestly looking more to his assist numbers than his scoring numbers right now. The scoring's going to come. He's going to score, whether it's efficient or not, that's going to ultimately determine whether he's a starter long-term. Um, but his passing and his playmaking have so greatly improved um, that he is still really valuable even when he's not scoring. So it's just, again, a big part of the push and pull for this season with Cole Anthony is just understanding when to attack when to pull back, when to help others, you know, when, when just learning how to manage a game. And that's, that's, that's natural for a young player. It's just his second year in second year in the league. It feels like he's a veteran us because he, he's a really good leader on the floor uh, and just such a good guy in general. Um, but this is his second year. He's, he's going to continue to get better. And he has shown plenty of signs that he will get better off the bench. Chuma Okiki, 19 points, seven for 10 shooting three for six from deep five rebounds, four assists and three steals. Chuma Okiki uh, feels like he is back. I want to talk. I'll talk a little bit more about him uh, later on this week on Lockdown Magic, possibly even tomorrow. Um, but Chuma Okiki is is playing back at the level that I think we all expected him to be at for most of the season. Um, he is starting to really kind of find his fit, get his rhythm in, make shots. He's playing fantastic defense. His defense has probably been the biggest biggest thing for him all year, especially because his shot was struggling. His defense was really good. He had at least two pickpockets where he just straight up took the ball from guy uh, and was able to get a run out dunk. Um, you know, he's starting to hit his three and, and take smarter shots with his three pointer. He's really good cutting to the basket. Um, you know, Chuma's Chuma's starting to figure the pieces out and figure himself out. And, and that's obviously a real good sign for, for the magic. Uh, he's just been, he's been just really solid uh, overall. And so, you know, a big part of why the magic were able to win this one. Mo Wagner, 14 points off the bench as well. Five for seven, uh, over two from deep, four rebounds for him. Wendell Carter, 14 points, 14 rebounds, um, five for 10 shooting, two for three from deep. Uh, missed a couple free throws, a couple big ones, um, but Dell Dell had a really good weekend, um, had a really good pair of games, uh, and, and just continues to just be solid for the team. He's just such a boost for the offense. Uh, the offense really operates a whole lot better with him out there. Um, Mo Bamba, I want to give Mo Bamba some special credit. 10 points, seven rebounds, four for six shooting, two for four from deep. Um, this game, he was okay. He was he was solid. Um, you know, he didn't try to do too much. He kind of he he, he it was a tough matchup for him. The Mavericks kind of play small a little bit too, but um, he does. He's been doing a lot better uh, being big in the paint, and that's that's always been a big point that I've I've hammered home about him. Um, is he has to continue to do a better job being a presence in the paint, using that length, using his arms. To just deter shots. He doesn't have to block shots to be effective. Friday's game against Detroit, the Magic's win against the Pistons, I thought Mo played his best defensive game of the season. I think he had 18 points and 10-plus rebounds as well in that one. He had two blocks, but was what really impressed me in that game, and, and that's why I want to mention it special, um, is he just did a really good job keeping verticality, using his length to deter shots, and make things harder at the rim. He does not need to block shots to be effective, to be an effective player. Um, and I think that's the big lesson for him. That's still, that's still something that, you know, again, it's it's tough for young players to understand that. That's a big lesson that he's starting to implement. Again, this is just so much of what the Magic are doing right now is implementing lessons and, and, and getting better in the process. The Magic shoot 51.2% from the floor, 11 for 34 from beyond the arc, 13 of 16 from the foul line. 
They do have 16 turnovers that lead to 16 Dallas points, a bit of a sloppy game at times for Orlando. Orlando got themselves in trouble. It was because of that. They did outscore Dallas 60 to 46 in the paint, 16 to 8 in fast break points, 16 to 4 in second chance points. So the Magic winning a lot of key hustle indicators, and, and uh, those are kind of bell ringing plays. Um, you got to commend the Magic as well for pushing the pace. They've been a lot more focused over the last few weeks in trying to get their pace back up. Their offense operates significantly better when they're playing at a high pace, when they kind of have to slow down and kind of think through things and think their way through it. Um, break it down kind of from a standstill. That's that's where they really, really struggle. They just don't have the great one-on-one guys. Uh, and creating space is really tough. You know, kind of the dribble handoffs that they do, the screen rolls that they do are kind of meant to create some energy and create some speed uh, for this team and kind of get them going downhill. And, and, and that's obviously something um, that this team still needs to improve upon. But um, the Magic did a really good job controlling the pace of this game. Uh, Dallas is a slow-paced team, obviously coming off a of back-to-back. Maybe didn't have the legs to get to the end, but um, the Magic definitely definitely controlled um, the tempo that this game was played at and was played at their pace. Duka Doncic always playing at his pace, though. 34 points, 13 for 22, shooting 4 for 9 from deep. 12 rebounds, 11 assists, 6 turnovers. Not a lot of Orlando could do with Doncic. There was some, some bad switching. There was you know some bad moments there, but Doncic was kind of in his bag. He was able to get in the paint, able to get the matchups that he wanted on the block, and able to just kind of do whatever he wanted. But Orlando does a decent enough job blocking everyone else out. Um, the Magic have been a really good defensive team of late. Kind of took a, not a step back, but didn't have the greatest defensive game in this one, but got the stops when they needed them. That's ultimately what matters. Dallas shoots 48.1% from the floor, 16 for 38 from deep. They do turn the ball over 18 times for 26 points. The Orlando Magic defeat the Dallas Mavericks 110 to 108. They have a winning homestand, a three and two homestand. They'll hit the road for their next two as they go to Chicago and Indiana for back-to-back on Tuesday and Wednesday, then back home for back-to-back to play the Celtics and or to play the Grizzlies and Celtics on Saturday and Sunday. Then they're heading out west because they want to be a Cowboy. No, they're heading out west um, for their last big road trip of the season. Um, but we'll talk more about that schedule as we get closer to the All-Star break. The Atlanta Magic again win 110-108. to Let's talk about the ways the Magic are tying everything together coming up here in just a moment. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So... One of the big things that that obviously we're thinking about and, and talking a lot about um, as we get through this season, it's it's a development season. It, it's not a season where wins and losses are the judge. It's it's about how the team progresses, how individuals progress, and and figuring out what the Magic have to build and work with. That's that's what this season's about. Um, but as I would argue, and I think a lot of uh, some of us would argue, winning is part of that process. Seeing everything tied together. Is part of that process. If there was a complaint about the way the Magic had played over the first 50 or so games now, um, it has been that 
okay, yes, Cole Anthony's been solid. Yes, Franz Wagner's been impressive. Jalen Suggs has had his moments. Jimo Kiki's had his moments. Wendell Carter's had his moments. Mobamba's had his moments. They've all had these moments that the team has never been able to tie it all together and prove that, okay, A, they can work together. B, that there's something there that will ultimately lead to winning because that's what matters in the end. That's ultimately how everyone's going to get judged. And C, they're still losing a ton. They're not picking up stray wins here or there. It's been, the Magic still have the worst record in the league at 11 and, at 11 and 40, but um, it's been rough. There's no denying that. There's no getting around it. There's no kind of sugarcoating it. You know, I, I, a lot of people have complained to me about, you know, I knew we'd be bad, but I didn't think it would be this bad. And I'd be like, yeah, I didn't think so either. I thought the defense would be a little bit better um, considering considering how uh, considering how much they said they worked on it. Um, there's a lot that was a little bit disappointing. And there's a lot of, especially at the beginning of rebuild, you're wondering what the future holds. And so it's important in this moment to see the team start to tie things together. Like I said earlier, the mistakes the Magic made against Dallas, the mistakes they made against Detroit, they weren't bad team mistakes anymore. They it, it just they didn't feel like bad team mistakes. They felt like young team mistakes. And, and right now, you can live with young team mistakes. You want to eliminate bad team mistakes. You want to eliminate those stretches where, okay, you're going to get beat. You're going to it's a game of runs, as Coach Mosley likes to say. Um, you're gonna you're gonna give up runs. You're gonna have to understand how to handle them. And, the fact of the matter is, for the first 40-plus games of the season, the Magic didn't know how to handle runs. When teams put runs on them, they tried to dig themselves out. They snowballed instead of just taking a breath, getting back to their center, getting back to what works, and grinding their way out of it, grinding their way back into games. When they get got hit with a run in December, it became a 15-point deficit. No matter what, just became a 15-point deficit all of a sudden. That's what bad teams do. And yes, yes, that's still going to happen. This is this is a team that's still got a lot of work to do to get where they want to be. But this home stand especially, you know, again, yes, friendly confines of home. You could talk about some of the opponents. Certainly Detroit's not a great opponent. Chicago's out, Zach Levine. Um, you know, there's, there's wins or wins at this point for this team. I, I don't care about the opponent. I care about what the Magic are doing. And what the Magic did during this home stand was they started to tie it all together. We saw fewer and fewer of those moments where the team just got run out of the gym. The only time it really happened was there, there are two times that it happened. The third quarter against the Lakers when they got hit with the 17-4 run, never got back in that game. And the fourth quarter against the Clippers. But that wasn't necessarily anything the Clippers did. That was the magic being late defensively. That was the magic fouling defensively. Those are all correctable mistakes. That was a correctable mistake. And the magic, yes, fouled a lot in Friday's loss to the Pistons, but they didn't go into a shell because of it. They stayed aggressive. It was my big point coming out of that game on Wednesday against the Clippers. And then on Sunday, the Magic just kept building on it. They didn't foul as much. They didn't send They didn't send guys to the line. They played tough defense. And when the game mattered most, they got down and defended. What we want to see is this team develop an identity. We want to see this team develop a way that they can play and a way that can get them wins. You want to see individuals continue to take steps up. And everyone said, like, look, as individuals get better, our team will get better. And that's certainly true as guys continue to continue to improve and they continue to 
get used to playing with each other again, and especially as the Magic continue to get healthy. More importantly, we are starting to see that identity take shape. In January, the Magic have a top 10 defense in the league. I, want, I just want that to sit there for a moment, especially as I scroll down to get the, get the stats especially. The Magic currently rank 8th in the NBA in January. It's an arbitrary time period. I will grant you that. But over the last 10-plus games, the Magic have one of the 10 best defenses in the league, 107.8 points allowed per 100 possessions. Their season average is around 111-112. So, yes, we're talking about a arbitrary sample size, but, again, we're looking for growth. We're looking for signs that this team gets it, that this team understands how to get better, how to eventually win games. The big takeaway from the coaching staff, big takeaway from from a lot of people after Whit Sunday's win, was the poise the Magic showed. Something they have not always shown this year. Because, again, they've taken those runs and they've collapsed a little bit. They've been able to prop themselves back up. They've been able to get themselves back in the games. And again, as, as irrelevant as they might seem, dropping those 25-point leads down to 12 in the fourth, like the team is still using those minutes. And again, you could say, well, that doesn't matter. That the other team's given up. It's a 25-point game. Whatever, whatever, yada, 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 yada. Yes, absolutely, 100% sure, 100% true. Magic can't be down 25 to begin with. But they've been putting that work in by fighting every minute. And now you're starting to show the poise to prevent that initial run to begin with or to prevent that initial run from getting so bad. Dallas is a really good team. I want to reiterate that. Dallas is a really good team. Orlando's beaten some good teams this year. Utah, Denver, Dallas now. Atlanta win, the Brooklyn win, not really... Not really wins because Atlanta was down so many guys and Brooklyn was down so many guys. But Magic have beaten some really good teams this year. So that is something of a proof of concept that this can work. And what they showed Sunday against Dallas, as much as any game this year, is how poised this group is. How poised this team can be. And how they can withstand the best punch a lot of teams can throw at them. And not only that, but dictate the terms of engagement. We're not under any impression. The Magic are not about to burn 30 games 30 games a row and make the playoffs. 41 is going to be the number to make the playoffs. You're going to have to be 500 to be in the play-in tournament. Magic are one game away from being eliminated, or two games away from being eliminated from a 500 record. They've, they're going to go through more struggles and, and porting what they were able to bottle up on at home during this homestand Porting it to the road, kind of getting through the ups and downs of a season. It's going to continue to be a struggle this year. But we now have proof that they can do it. We now have proof that they are starting to figure this out. They are starting to understand how they need to play. And they're starting to do it more consistently. And that's what the Magic needed to see this year. And the Magic just have to keep doing it and keep growing over the course of the rest of the season. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts. Sit your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore Dean. Of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at OMagicDaily. 
Now that you're done listening to us, go make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily, Locked On Magic, this has been Phil Roth and Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.